Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. If you're going to lose, two number sixes on the field, I mean, you might as well just put a little salt in the wound. And uh, that's what you got. And that is, I don't know about you, BK. I thought about you last night because I was thinking, man, BK is probably flipping back and forth. Maybe he's going one room to another for hoops and football and then watch a lot of hoops and then said the hell with this. Yep. I'll watch the rest of football. Um, but that's kind of, that typifies, and it's a great example of just kind of how Mizzou sports goes sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You uh, you think you have the game-winning drive, your quarterback that you're excited about because he's getting his first real start in his Mizzou career, St. Louis in, redshirt freshman. He shows a lot of promise last night. We can get yes. to that here in a minute. 98-yard drive, potentially to win the game. Goes mm. just over the outstretched hands mm. of Dawson Downing on the two-point conversion. And, and Dan, I had to have it. True Mizzou fans knew right then and there. It's over. If you're a true Mizzou <laughs> fan, you knew right then and there exactly what was about to happen because they, they Mizzou'd it. Yeah. They, they Mizzou'd it in the most Mizzou way possible. Uh, that was a tough one. That being said, Dan, it's really hard for me to be upset about that loss. You were down like basically the entire secondary and and they covered (laughs) that's fair for certain people. Um, They were down almost the entire secondary by the start of the second half. Their defensive line was decimated by opt outs and injuries. Their offense, they had a bunch of guys, including Tyler Beatty, who wasn't playing in that one. That's not the Mizzou football team that we watched most of the season. And yet, despite all of that, all of the adversity that they had to overcome, they were right there at the very end against yeah. what I, I think some people it's underestimate it's, the army's pretty good. Yes. So I, I was impressed with a lot of what they were able to accomplish last night. Although of course, yes, I understand they didn't come out with the victory. Okay. So here I do today, 1030. We got Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Uh, I talked about this a couple of days ago. Then we're going to get into it yesterday, but then I, I had to find out more about your wedding. So then I side I got sidetracked. You know that happens with me, BK. I go down all these different I've heard rabbit holes. Rumors and, of that, you yes. know. Anyway, so I got uh, I came up with and I'd be interested in what you think and maybe you've given this some thought, Tanner, listeners, texters, just ten kind of storylines I'm looking forward to in the region sports scene for next year. Now it could be individuals, it could be a team, it could be a front office person. I don't care. But, I mean, you'll kind of get the gist of it. I'm going to bounce them off you as we go along uh, in our next segment. So, Army, let's talk, though, about Mizzou. Army uh, wins 24-22, and you touched upon this. I really liked what I saw out of Brady Cook. So, he goes 27-34. The drive at the end was impressive. And, again, we, we mentioned this yesterday. When I was watching that, I'm like, well, why wasn't this done earlier? And that is one of the questions I would have. When I'm having my... 
uh, exit interview, so to speak, with Eli Drinkowitz, who goes six and seven uh, this season. And there's a lot of promise. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm excited. I'm thinking about Luther Burden as I'm watching the game last night. That's what makes me excited about Mizzou football and others. But as it look, if I'm taking a look at this season, I, I'd have to ask Eli. I'd say, hey, great job recruiting. A uh, couple great games in there. You made some adjustments defensively in the run game. You, know, you did some things, but I got to ask you, what was your mindset or what was the thought process with keeping uh, Brady Cook on the bench and you stuck with Bazelak at times where he's not moving the football, he's ineffective. At one point, he's injured. What are, what are we doing here? And what was your thinking? I, I, I just, and I, that'd be the question I would ask him. I think it is a totally fair and valid question. I will counter with this, and I want to say on the front end, I'm totally with you. I think they should have made the move earlier. I don't think the record changes if they do. I don't either. I, I'm with you there. I think the record stays the same. I think they finish six and seven because the only, the first time where you could realistically question Connor Bazelek was after the Tennessee game. So he, here's my point, though. If I'm in that seat of, so if I'm the general manager of a baseball team, and there were some moves that were made at the end of a game. I'll go down to the office because I should have that relationship with my manager to say, hey, what was going on there? And if I'm uh, the, the NHL GM of the Blues and, you know, I'm Doug Armstrong and I'm sitting around and my coaching staff is talking about the game, I, I want to ask, you know, hey, why did Joe Blow sit in the last 10? Why did you give this guy so much ice time? Why did you change this pairing? So if I'm... Mizzou's athletic department and I'm the AD not I so my point is I'm not wanting to get so much in the woods about it but maybe when I'm asking questions like this I find out more about my coach and thought process of what he's thinking in the future too absolutely and that, and that's the big that question to me is what did you see in Basilek that you didn't see in Cook and what does that mean for the future? Right. Like, what, what are? That, am I making sense of that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because I think big I picture. I want to know wise, my guy better. You know. I'm totally with you. And big picture wise, I think it is more interesting than what it meant for the the finale, the final three four games of the regular season, because they probably still beat South Carolina and Florida with Brady Cook. They probably yep. still lose to Arkansas. Agreed. So the record itself doesn't much change. I do think it gives you more excitement though going into next year. If you're a Mizzou fan and you see the final five six games of the year, you watch what we watched last night with Brady Cook and he looks pretty darn good against quality competition okay I, I could buy into Brady Cook who has shown me now against SEC competition that he's a quality quarterback throwing to Luther Burden exactly. next year that gets me excited as a Mizzou fan meanwhile now I think there will be some I'm not part of this but some that probably say yeah but he did it against Army can he do that against the SEC competition? It's a fair question. We sure don't know the answer. I wish we would have found out. I'm with I, you on that. Yeah. I, I, the whole time I'm watching that game, I'm just like, man, I really hope they win it. Be nice to finish. I always think it's nice to finish five, uh, 500 or above. I don't like to see a losing record. And you win a bowl game. You send some guys out on a good feeling and into your offseason conditioning and your uh, offseason spring football and all that, all that good stuff. Um, Generally speaking, though, I thought it was an okay year. But the whole time I'm sitting there going, I cannot wait to watch Luther Burden. And even if they're like this next year, I still want to watch Luther Burden. Yes. He's going to make me want to watch. He's that good. I've seen a, so much film on him. He's a stud. Oh, my goodness. It, like what Doriel Green Beckham was in terms of being an athletic freak. Yeah. That's not necessarily what Burden is, although he has some of that. Don't get me wrong. 
Burden is more Jeremy Macklin-esque. That's who I equate him to. Exactly. He's got the speed. He's got the strength. It's the quickness. Like, yep. it's, it's everything. And he's ready. He's ready for college now. Whereas Doriel Green-Beckham, the reason I make that comp, of course, because that was the last time Mizzou had a player of this caliber coming in at that position. He was not prepared for the college game when he first got there. I was covering the team while I was in college at that point in time, Dan. He, he didn't know the playbook. He got yeah. there, and all he could do at first was just, I, I'm running go routes. And then the second year, they finally were able to ingrain him more in the playbook. But that's not going to be a problem, I don't think, for Luther Burden. There's a lot to be excited about with Mizzou football. Brady Cook's the start of it. Luther Burden is the continuation of that. And you mentioned the defense. There were points in time early in the season when I think it was totally fair to say Steve Wilkes is not only going to be gone after the end of the season, yep. I didn't know he was going to make it through the season. Agreed. They turned that thing around in a way that I'm not sure I have ever seen a Mizzou unit on one side of the ball turn it around the way that that defense did. I was doing the games uh, when Mizzou was top five in the country, and people asked me about Burden. I'm going back to him again. And I said, I when I watch him, and I've seen a lot of highlights on the high school sites that you can go to and various things and talk to a lot of people, and the comp I hear all the time is Jeremy Macklin. And when I watch him play, he's got he just kind of has that look. So makes me excited about that. All right, what about on the hardwood? Uh, not pretty last night at Enterprise. Oh, wide open for Plummer. He'll never get a better look. Fraser checking it all the way from Champaign. And it's 40 to 25, Illinois. Uh-oh. Oh, The final and uh, Tanner, cut that your mic. That was fun. No. No? He was competitive there for a little bit. So they had the run there at the end of the first half, and I thought, okay, they could make this uh, interesting in the second half. And then the second half happened, and it was like, wow. Yeah, they, that was not a competitive game. Yeah, one team made threes, the other team didn't. Yeah. One team could shoot, and the other team but couldn't. Mizzou <laughs> just does not have somebody that they can go to to go get him a bucket. No. They don't have a three-point shooter. They don't shoot threes collectively well. Defensively, they're not great. I mean, it, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with that program. I will say, if one player that gets me excited, Dan, this Trevon Brazil kid, yeah. he's good. Um, I don't know what the ceiling is on what he's going to be, but you saw it last night. He's he's super athletic, and he, he can play. That's the kind of player that you can build around. Unfortunately, he's the only, only one. one. <laughs> yeah. He's the only guy right now, and they finished the game 6 for 23 from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, Illinois, 12 for 25. You want to know what the difference was in that game? It's pretty darn simple. One of those teams could shoot and the other one couldn't. All right. On that uh, really high, happy note from uh, BK, I'm Danny Mack. Coming up, we're going to take a look at 10 stories, individuals that uh, we look forward to seeing in sports in this region, the town, the scene around here. Uh, That'll uh, come up next on 101 ESPN. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. All right, I thought this would be kind of fun. I'm going to bounce some things in no particular order, by the way. So it's not like saying, well, actually, I got to take that back. I do have one as my number one story. But everything else, I'm just going to mix and match a little bit here and have a little fun, okay? So these are individuals or... Uh, issues in sports or it could be a team that I think will be like 
the 10 things I'm really looking forward to and watching. I know I'm going to miss some stuff here, but uh, all right, I'm going to start with this. And I will start with Mizzou, and we were just talking about him. Can't wait, uh, wait to watch Luther Burden. He'll be one of the guys that when college football rolls around next year and Mizzou's playing, even if they stink, I may just watch because I want to see Luther Burden. He makes everything else worth it. Uh, he, that's the, he is the great eraser of all other mistakes. And it, he's not going to make Mizzou into a college football playoff contender overnight, but he's the kind of player that you build around and you hope that by year two or three of him being in your program, you've added enough around him to where, okay, yeah, this could be the type of thing that takes us over the top. He's a special talent. And here in St. Louis, if you are somebody that's looking for football to watch because you just haven't really latched on to anything uh, since the Rams left, He's a hometown kid, yeah, and he's going to be playing for a hometown team. He's easy to latch on to. Um, okay, I'm going to go to SLU basketball on the men's side. Uh, last year, really good team, and they get decimated with COVID. If not, they're clearly an NCAA team. This year, I think it's an NCAA team. Then Javante Perkins gets hurt. So will they get over the hump? And they've had some games here this year that were winnable at home. Belmont, um Obviously, Auburn. yeah, Auburn the other night, which was a great atmosphere. I just want to see them win those games. And if they win those games, they find themselves in the NCAA tournament. So can they get that that chip, that piece, that player, that team that gets them over the hump? And I think they're going to be really good because so many of these guys, it's going to feel like they've been there for 10 years. Two of the guys, Fred Thatch is a medical red shirt. Gibson Jimerson, who's their number one scorer, is a medical red shirt. And they got the extra COVID year. So you're talking about guys that have been in the program for a long time. So can they get over the hump? Yeah, it's the big question for me. And I I just hope that they didn't already miss their chance to do so. Now, if they run the table in in, in conference, they've got a chance, of course. But if you just project out a, a reasonable conference record, the losses against UAB, Belmont, and Auburn are the ones that you look yep. back on and you're like, man, that could have been the type of win that the committee looks at and says, okay, I understand they don't play in the best conference, but this is a really good, good team. Look at what they did at home against exactly. Auburn. They, they came away with a quality victory there. Those are the kinds of wins that you really have to put up in a conference like the a 10. So I hope they're able to get it done, but it, it does feel like they might've lost at least a little bit of that wiggle room that they had previously. And the a 10 conference non-conference has got some bad losses, which when you start looking at it and you jumble it all up and you look at, okay, what kind of conference did you play in? If your non-conference schedule for your teams in particular conference, a 10 isn't great. It's tougher than to get in the big dance. Uh, an individual that I'm looking forward to now, I know him very well. I, I don't think the general, when I say very well, I mean, I've, I've been around him a while uh, I don't think the general public does, and it'll be a grace period of a little bit, and then it's you, you're here to win games, and that's Ali Marmol. You know, the manager of the Cardinals is somebody that um, I think we'll all learn more about as we go forward. And when you're not the head man, you're not the manager, you're kind of behind the scenes, and, and we're visiting with these guys when we're with the team all the time, being part of the broadcast. So I know Ali quite well. Great guy. I think he'll do a really good job. I think he's got a really good team. But I do think, obviously, it's one of the massive major sports figures that people will be watching in 2022. Oh, no doubt about it. He's, to me, one of the top storylines for the Cardinals next year. And if you're one of the top storylines for the Cardinals, you're one of the top storylines in the city of St. Louis. Right. I'm I'm fascinated to see what this looks like, Dan. I think he's going to be a really good manager, a really good manager. My question is, is he going to be a really good manager now? Yeah. Because the Cardinals need him to be. They're ready to win. This is it, yeah. And this is his 
his opportunity. I, I think he's ready after hearing him speak publicly, Dan, and it's a lot easier to say the right things when you're in an interview than it is to do the right things when you're in the heat of the moment, down in the dugout, and you got to make those decisions like that. But I, I do think he's ready for this, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do with this team. Going back to Mizzou, I think Desiree Reed Francois. So she's going to have you know some time now under her belt to kind of figure out the landscape of what's going on in Columbia, uh, the SEC, and uh, her own programs. But there's a couple of major things that she needs to address. One of them would be attendance and and getting fannies back in the seats for football and basketball. And then the other is the future of Conzo Martin. Um, now, he's got a massive buyout potentially this year. My guess is that he's got this year and next year. Next year will be the hot seat year. That would be my guess. Those two have had, uh, you know, a connection before, and we can go down the road with the personal connection, but it is bottom line business. It's wins, losses, bringing in players. And after what you're seeing right now, and they've got Kentucky coming up on the road to start SEC play, it obviously isn't where it needs to be. So is she going to figure out that he's the guy or does she cut bait and go with somebody else and then trying to market the university, the, the athletic department, bringing in money? That's that's number one job, but also trying to get fannies in the seats. And on top of all of that, Dan, she yeah. also has to navigate the NIL stuff, the name, yeah. image and likeness, Great point. which is a huge, huge piece to it's recruiting wild, wild nowadays. right now. And don't let anybody tell you that it's not, because when I watch the number one kid in the country, Dan, go to Jackson State. Yep. Don't think that happens by accident. That's Absolutely. not something that would have happened five, ten years ago. And now it is possible. You look at the top ten kids this year and where they decided to go. There were some that decided to go to places that aren't your typical blue bloods. Mizzou can get in on those, on those kids now, but you've got to have the NIL to back it because those kids are going to want their money to be able to come to their to your university. I I do think that is the next frontier for Mizzou. They've got to figure out exactly what their packages are, who they can um who they can really get behind the program and that's not just with the kids, it's also with uh, the the donors, the boosters and the people that had not previously been a part of the program, get those people in under your umbrella. So she's got a massive job over the next 16 24 months okay so you like my first four here yeah this is great um the next one i'm gonna go to hockey and i've got a couple hockey ones but my first one is the future of the head coach signing craig baruby um i'm not sure you could ask him to do a better job than what he's done this year i think i think he's done just an incredible job this year now the stanley cup here that stands alone by itself last place team you go win the stanley cup and he got those guys to believe and play in a system and it worked then they, they before the shutdown, team was rolling, man. One of the best teams in the Western Conference. I would have put them as one of the favorites to win the Cup in 2020. Last year, getting all the points at the end of, of just an awful COVID season and got into the playoffs. And then this year, injuries, COVID, uh, everything that's gone on, five different goaltenders, and to be in the position they're in, he's done a hell of a job. So he's a free agent to be after this year. And I'm looking at signing Craig Berube as one of my storylines. I was listening to the fast lane yesterday, and Jamie said that he would give this team an A-plus for the way that they've performed thus far, given all of the other stuff, right? The injuries, the COVID, everything that has taken place off of the ice, the way they've performed on the ice, they deserve an A-plus for it. And I was like, no, that that seems lofty, Jamie. Come on. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And it's like, 
Yeah, I I think he's right, actually. They're in second place. They're a point back from the top spot in this division, despite the fact that for a period of time now, they've been without not only their number one goalie, but their number two goalie as well. Robert Thomas hasn't been playing. They're without like seven other guys right now. They've been playing a man down in seemingly half of their games this season. Yeah, when you think about it a little bit, and especially the number of games where they had to go with seven defensemen, if you're... Trying to give a grade to the Craig, the job that Craig Berube's done this year, I don't know how you go any lower than an A. And that's, that's the guy that, that's the a. type of guy that I would want to keep around. I, I think it's a no-brainer, Dan. I would actually take this break right now. This is a perfect time to kind of reset as a management, coaching staff, uh, group. Players' health, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, come this together might be the time and say, to do it. you know what, Barubi, let, let's, let's, do let's it. knock out this extension right now. There's, we don't need to see anything more. We, we, we believe in you. You're our guy moving forward. Let's get this contract extension done. I'm going to go to soccer, and I think soccer is going to be big in this next year because you're going to hear more about what is the team going to look like. Uh, who's the head coach? You'll be involved in a draft. They open up in spring of 2023. And if you haven't been downtown, uh, the stadium that's going up is just awesome. I mean, it is really cool. And there's districts around that as well for shopping and various things and practice fields. So if you haven't been downtown, do yourself a favor, drive down market. If you're going to a slew game or going to a blues game, eventually baseball, and go take a look at it. It's it's just amazing what's happening downtown with that stadium. It reminds me of when uh, Ballpark Village was going up in another phase and people had not been going downtown because of <clears throat> the shutdown of COVID. And then they went to their first baseball game and they're like, oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Now. It is. It's it's just it's it catches your attention. It's an eye catching facility. And so all those things of and if you're a soccer fan out there you're or even just a casual fan like okay now who are the rivalries and when do they play and can that be paired up with a blues night in a in the you know the spring which they're going to try to do can we have a weekend when the cardinals are in town and these guys are going to play too and it's the chicago teams coming or whatever so you're going to hear more and more about that moving forward so i think uh, STL City would be on my top 10 things to watch. As they should be. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, Dan. And the, my my biggest hope is that they are competitive right off of the bat. Because that's going to be the best way to get... You're going to have a bunch of support early on. Like the first few games, you're going to have people that have never been to a soccer game before that are going to their first MLS games ever. And it's going to be an awesome experience, so many of them are going to come back. But after a while, it does become about the product. You've got to have a team on the field that people want to support. And so my hope is that they put a solid team. They don't have to be a championship contending team right off the bat. But if you can have a solid team out there and you have a great game day experience and you're bringing more people downtown, which is something that the city needs, that's the best formula for this this team moving forward. And they have the right people in charge to make sure that that happens. Sure. It's just a matter of, you know, getting lucky on a few of the picks and making sure that they've got the right people inside of that locker room. So my next story is sports related, certainly, but it does dovetail into uh, being from St. Louis, born and raised here and wanted to see the best for this town, which is what are you going to do with the $790 million that's been awarded to the city of St. Louis? And it's going to be divvied up in three different ways. Lawyers going to obviously get their cut, too. But it's a massive chunk of change. And how do these politicians come together to where there's not infighting and where it's done responsibly? And it, it and, and to me, BK, a portion of this needs to go into where it's something that grows and grows and grows and you can draw on it, get some dividends. And I don't care what you want to call it. Call it the Cronky Fund. Call it the Rams Fund. Call it the NFL. I don't care. 
but do something right with it. And so politicians, to me, with this, they're on the clock. They are, and I'm fascinated to see what they decide to do, whether it be renovate the dome or put more money into Enterprise Center or uh, throw some of it at different renovations of things that happen that that, that, that will draw people downtown. Now, there's a lot of things that that need to happen to draw people downtown. I'm not saying by all of a sudden – you know, restoring some buildings is it's going to happen. Believe me, I <laughs> there's a lot more that needs to happen. However, we can make a difference with this money. I mean, it, it, it's really interesting what L.A. ironically did with a fund. I saw Ben Fred write about this many years ago, and it went into helping uh, in, in all facets of kids, boys, girls, especially the underprivileged, but getting them involved in sports and getting them away from things that they don't want to be involved with and get them out of the areas that it may take them. Why can't we do something like that here? That's just a small example of what you could do with that kind of money, especially when it's rolling over. It's just a small chunk of that. Kansas City did something similar recently. It was actually a Dayton Moore-led project, or at least he was kind of the, the public face behind it, the, the Royals general manager. Over by the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, there is now a baseball complex yep. where a lot of kids go to play baseball. And it is in an area where a lot of kids previously were not playing baseball. And that's going to happen with soccer. They're doing that. And that's the kind of things, those are the kinds of projects that you could, I mean, you could do some big stuff with this amount of money. You don't got to spend all of that by any stretch, but if you take like 50 to $100 million of whatever this is Not and even you put that, it into oh, a yeah, some like, and let it roll project, yep. I mean, it, it could be it could be something that completely changes the landscape of what youth sports looks like here in St. Louis. And that's the kind of thing where that's... It's not even a quarter of the money that they had available to them. So you, you could do something really big with that. You may not agree with this one. And we're winding down. I got one, two, I got three to go here. And again, it was no particular order of importance, but you know, I love golf. Um, the Ascension Charity Classic was a home run in the world of golf and the golf community uh, and Nick Ragone and Steve Spratt, all those guys at Ascension. I mean, they knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. Now I want to see Phil Mickelson in town. I think that would be amazing to have him. And it's just a story I'm watching. I, I want to see him commit, come to St. Louis, and add to what already was a tremendous event. They had most of the really good uh, tour players on that particular tour. But if you add a Phil Mickelson, who just won the PGA, and you're bringing him out there, your attention goes up even further. For sure. And just as a random aside here, if they were to ever have another uh, Manning cast, like what they're doing right now he'd on Monday Night awesome. Football, he'd be the guy. Like, yes. if, if there is one that I do think could succeed, because there's going to be a whole lot of these that are made that are awful, just really terrible, t- terrible television shows. Uh, there will be some for the NBA. There will be some, I'm sure, others for college football, NFL, whatever. The one that I do think will have success is if they can find the right partner with Phil he would be excellent oh, yeah. at something like that. I follow him on Twitter. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's hilarious. Uh, he actually posted, I think, the other day. He said, just uh, happy holidays. Hope you're having fun. I know I am. And it's him laying in bed with the uh, the Watermaker trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. He's got his head on a pillow and the trophy's on the other pillow. It's awesome. Uh, my other story, I got two to go. The future of Vladimir Tarasenko. So he's been a cornerstone player for many, many years for the St. Louis Blues. We knew that he wanted out. Um, but now with the way he's playing, how has that changed the dynamic of everybody involved? Maybe even himself where he says, you know what? I don't want out. I want to stay. He's playing as a guy that's healthy, too. He's going into some tough areas. He's taking hits and he's producing. He's producing at a high level. Matter of fact, he's producing in certain metrics better than he ever has. So 
and that's like points per 60 minutes, things of that nature. Um, he's really good. This team needs him. So it's a two-way street. You got to be here. You got to be wanted. And just watching how that whole relationship unfolds in the next few months and probably into the offseason is something I want to watch. I would be absolutely stunned at this point if he is traded in season. I don't know how the Blues could could navigate that. It just doesn't make sense for them, given how good he's been and how vital he is to their success in a year where they think they can compete for a Stanley Cup. I think the the time when this becomes really interesting, Dan, is next summer. When you for are sure. into the offseason and maybe a Matthew Kachuk becomes available once again, and we're having those conversations, and you're you're talking to Ottawa, and they say, you know what, we need Vladdy. Vladdy's the type of guy that could replace some of the production or all of the production that we've had from Matthew Kachuk. That's the starting point for a trade like this. Does Doug Armstrong decide, you know what, yeah, that's worth it for us because this is a young centerpiece. We are getting much younger, more dynamic. Is that the kind of move that makes sense for him, or does he decide based on what we've seen so far this year from Vladdy? You know what? No, this is a relationship we want to continue into the future. So I said that there are no particular order except one. So this is my one storyline, and it's Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, their final season, at least for one. Um, but that that duo going out. So we know that Yadi's going to retire after this season. Um, Watching how it all plays out, um, I've seen, you know, whether it's an opposition or a Cardinal player that is retiring and people know, like I remember Derek Jeter coming through St. Louis in his final year, and it was just, it was a celebration of Derek Jeter. Yankees were in town. That was great to see, but iconic players that are walking away. And then when it's your guy and to have two of them that have meant so much to this franchise for two decades plus, um, watching how it all unfolds. I think it's going to be fascinating. How good are they? Are they still at a top level? Which would I wouldn't doubt it. Um, sending these guys off with a chance to win a world championship. The love that they're going to get from the fans here in St. Louis and probably the love that they're going to get in other places as well. Final time in Cincinnati for Yachty. It's going to be fun. You know, those kind of things. Um, Wayno, if this is truly it, if, if he gets a start against uh, his hometown Atlanta Braves, in a trade that changed the fortunes of his life and both franchises. I mean, all the, I get goosebumps thinking about, but all the tentacles of that, that is going to be fascinating to watch, and I can't wait to see it. I need to clarify something I said uh, when Doug Armstrong calls Ottawa, plays for Calgary. Yeah. That's my mistake. Wanted to make We're sure all, we clarified that for the text line, who made sure to bounce on my mistake. <laughs> Apologies. Um, on... Yachty and Wayno going into this season. It's going to be the best storyline of the Cardinal season, so long as they are as good as they were a year ago. If Wayno goes out and shoves the way that he did last year, Dan, I'm still not convinced this is going to be his last Me season. I I'm just, with you. I, I don't know how you hang it up after a season like that, but if it's more middling, it's just a really solid year, and he decides, you know what, this is this is the year for me to go out. I, I, I understand that entirely. Um, it's going to be so much fun to be able to watch those guys do it one more time. Dan, I don't know that we're going to be able to see anything like this ever again. I agree. Like Whether it be here in St. Louis or otherwise, the way that sports have changed sure. and the way yep. where franchise icons just... They don't stay in one place their entire yep. careers. And even the ones that do, they certainly don't stay in one place with a with battery their, with unit a like this, yeah. where they both came up at basically the same time yep. and then leave at basically the same time. And oh, by the way, played 15 plus years in that city together. It just doesn't happen in today's game. So cherish everything that you're able to get out of this to watch it one more time next season, because it, it's going to be something that we really might not ever see again in the sport. Did I miss anything? 
The one other thing that I would add to your list, I, I wrote one thing down beforehand okay. that I wasn't sure we were going to get to. The Cardinal shortstop position. It's one of the most fascinating situations to me this year, just because it has been such a topic of conversation now for really 18 plus months. And if they go into next year with Paul DeYoung and Edmundo Sosa as your starting shortstop options, I don't know that that's the wrong thing to do. I, I understand what that decision is there, but that is going to be probably the single most discussed position on the field when we're talking Cardinals going into next season. Interesting, and I agree with you. Saliga has been doing business out of the same location on Gravois since 1927. One piece of, one piece of news to pass oh, yeah, along yeah. here. Uh, breaking news from uh, Mizzou football. Connor Bazelak has just posted that he has entered the transfer portal. So I've heard I, rumblings that that may happen. I uh, I guess the decision yesterday was a significant one that indicated to Connor that his future probably will not be in, in Columbia. So Connor Bazelak has officially entered the transfer portal. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Uh, no hockey right now. Get uh, back to hockey on the 26th. Dan Rosen of NHL.com has been awfully busy because of a lot of news coming out of the NHL. Uh, hey, Dan, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for hopping on with us in St. Louis. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. So what do you what do, what do you think? Where, where are we at right now with the NHL and just a general statement and question of just trying to get through COVID to have a, a regular season here for uh, what happens after the, the Christmas break? Yeah, I think it's no different than the other sports, you know, going on right now would be a college basketball, the NBA, NFL, whatever it may be. You just got to go day by day, right? I mean, you just got to kind of cross fingers, go day by day, hope everything's good that day and you can continue on. And that's the plan here. You know, they, they extended the holiday breakout early with a lot of postponements in the past week, uh, you know, in this past week, 50 games now postponed. It's the big reason why they're not going to the Olympics um, because they, it's a material disruption in schedule, and that's exactly the words that Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly used. Uh, they said if we get a material disruption in the schedule, we're not going, and so they're not going. Uh, as of now, things are looking on track to come back for practices resume the 26th, 14 games on the schedule the 27th. We'll see if we get all 14, but it's going to be on a case-by-case, team-by-team basis. There is no plan right now to pause the season for any length of time, it's maybe pausing teams here and there and then rescheduling games. And remember, now that they're not going to the Olympics, they got from February 6th through the 22nd. That window is open now, which previously was closed. That window is now open to look at some game, you know, some dates here to, to use it to reschedule some games. So case by case, cross your fingers, hope, and let's keep going. Dan, here in a couple of weeks, the Blues have a couple of trips up into Canada that they're expected to make. How does the NHL deal with that, where these teams that are coming from the United States go up to Canada? And then, of course, when you're testing up there, if there are any positives, you've got the possibility of guys having to quarantine for a couple of weeks up there. Have you heard any talk about how the league is going to make adjustments, if any, for that kind of travel? 
Yeah, I there is some I know there's discussions going on about that. For for starters, it's going to go by they have to follow the rules of the provincial government up there. So when St. Louis, when the Blues are scheduled to go to Toronto next month, which is the 15th, they got to follow the Ontario provincial government rules, right? Whatever those may be. Now, is it possible that cross-border games are still postponed at that point? I guess it's possible. The hope is not. Um, but you do have to take into account potential here for cross-border games to continue to be postponed and rescheduled at a later time when hopefully COVID cases are starting to go down and things start opening up. And, you know, like, look, Quebec, you know, Montreal, they, they shut everything down. Like, the whole province shut everything down again. Uh, so we'll see where that goes for there. It hasn't happened yet in Ontario or Alberta, um, you know, or BC or Manitoba. So we'll see. But I definitely think there is the potential there, and I'm sure there's discussion going on with the league headquarters of just, you know, what do we do? Well, we might have to take that game off the schedule at the time and reschedule it for down the road at some point, and it's going to disrupt schedules. It's going to create travel issues, tired players, things along those lines, but it's all to get the season finished. You know, we haven't had an 82-game season since 2018-19. And it's a business of hockey. You got to get an 82 game season in here. It matters. Uh, it matters for so many things, including the salary cap and, you know, revenue and all that stuff. So they're going to do what they can, but it might, you know, for the health and safety aspects and the, you know, the provincial protocols, they might have to just take those games off the schedule when they currently are and move them to later dates with the hope that they could be played without as many protocols in place at that time. Dan, what do you think about uh, implementing the taxi squad again? You know, it's an idea that was brought up to me uh, earlier this week, and it popped into my head, too. Uh, I don't mind it. I I liked it. I loved the Taxi Squad last year, to be honest with you. I thought it was a great idea, and I wondered if they were going to continue along with it. But it's hard to do that because you're taking professional hockey players and basically saying, here, practice, but you're not playing, you know? Uh, I don't know if the the Players Association is all about that. The hard thing about the taxi squad midseason is it's now going to imp- – you'll help the NHL teams uh, if they have to go shorthanded, especially if you use the taxi squad and, you know, say it's not – you know, they're going to be cap compliant regardless and you move the, the overages to the following season and all those, you know, number, you know, things that they can do to make everybody cap compliant so they're not playing shorthanded like the Blues have had to do. You know, but it does – take the competitive integrity away from the American Hockey League because you're going to be taking players from the American Hockey League and put them on your taxi squad. And then it takes the competitive integrity away from the the ECHL because the ECHL players are then going to be bumped up to the AHL and now you're taking the competitive integrity away from that league too. So that is something you have to do. There is a domino effect there. But I think in order to assure as best you can um, that NHL teams will be full, have 18 skaters, two goalies for every game, and be cap compliant. I think it's an idea that has to be looked at. We're talking to Dan Rosen, senior NHL writer for NHL.com. He's joining us here on the Danny Mac Show. Uh, Dan, looking more on the ice of what we've seen so far this season as we, we have this little bit of a break and a period to to reset things, what's been the biggest surprise to you? Just big picture sense, what's been the biggest surprise thus far as we're about 30 games into the NHL season? Well, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, there's no question about it to me. Well, it's the Anaheim Ducks on the positive, and it's probably the New York Islanders on the negative. Uh, but I want to look more on the positive right now. And the Anaheim Ducks, uh, you know, like there's no way 
no way that I saw the Anaheim Ducks being a top 10 team in the league, a potential first place team in the Pacific division, a team that has a top five power play, a top five penalty kill. I mean, we knew the Ducks to be young and likely they would be fast and kind of exciting. You know, I mean, guys like Zegris and Drysdale and Sonny Milano and, you know, I mean, they have these young guys, but for a long time now, the Ducks have had young players who have not made that, that taken that next step. And now you're seeing this creativity. Um, and it's not just the pass from Zegris to Milano that everybody talks about might be the goal of the year type of thing. You know, that Michigan pass. It, it, it's just the way they play on a nightly basis. They, they're fun. They're really fun to watch. Um, they're exciting. They skate, they, they have excellent goaltending, and, and look, their defense has five guys on it right now who've played in all 32 games that they have played, and they're all averaging 19 and a half or more minutes per game. So they have balance, too, and John Gibson's one of the best goalies in the league, but I didn't see it. I, mean, I thought the Ducks were a bottom third team again this year, rebuilding. That's what they said they were going to be, and all of a sudden, you look at them, and they're, they're a playoff team and a legit playoff team. You mentioned now the Blues have been shorthanded a bunch. We, we watch it every single night watching this team. Somebody goes out with COVID. Somebody goes uh, gets mm-hmm. injured. They've used five different goaltenders, and yet they're in a, a great position. What, what's been your thought on, on two things, really, just the Blues in general and then also the job that Craig Berube's done? Yeah, I think it's incredible the job that Craig Berube's done because, you know, it's it's difficult with, with what they've had to deal with. Um, and it even go back to – you know, the off season, what they had to deal with, with the Tarasenko stuff and the uncertainty with Vladdy. And now Vladdy's their leading scorer. Todd, you know, and Buchnevich has been terrific for them. And, you know, Barbashev has come along. kairu has been a great story. Thomas, when he's in the lineup, is playing really well. Um, you know, I mean, I think that they, they're getting a lot out of guys that they needed to get a lot out of but weren't guaranteed to give them a lot. Uh, and I think that's been the biggest thing. And Craig Berube does, you know, like I, I think he does a terrific job. He pushes the team. They play to his style. Uh, they play in the mold of what their coach is. And it's, it hasn't, since they won the cup in 2019, you look at all the guys that were part of that team that are no longer with that team, core guys that are no longer with that team. And, you know, the obvious ones on D, um, yet they have continued to play and be molded into that same style. And I think they found it again. And they're a team that I'm certainly watching. I'm excited to see them. I'll be at the winter classic. I'm excited to see them there. And, you know, I mean, if they can get Bennington back in healthy, he's one of the top goalies in the league still. And, uh, Huso has been good. Charlie Lindgren has been a terrific story. You know, Nathan Walker comes in and gets a hat trick. It just seems like whoever comes into their lineup starts producing for them. Hey, Dan, love your work, and uh, you do a great job keeping us all informed on what's happening with the NHL. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks a lot, guys. You too, okay? Thank you. That's uh, Dan Rosen of NHL.com. Again, that was one of my top stories, Is and he mentioned both of them. The Tarasenko plays, uh, the way he's playing, and then I I do think it's interesting what they do with Craig Berube. If maybe, like you said, during this pause, is this the time to maybe approach or if it hasn't been done already, but get the thing done. I mean, who else would you want right now coaching the Blues? Nobody. Nobody. 
He's done an incredible job. And it's hard, Dan, because you look around the NHL, and I I looked this up the other day. I I don't remember what the exact number is, but I think he's like the seventh or eighth most tenured coach in the NHL. Wow. And that tells you everything you need to know about the longevity of these coaches around the league. They just get fired, and it's it's a carousel of the same names just floating around different jobs consistently. Uh, Craig Berube seems to have broken that mold. I know we're only like three years into this thing, but his voice is still clearly being heard inside of that locker room. And as long as that is the case, you keep him around. And we know how this works. At some point, Craig Berube is probably going to be fired. I don't know if that's five years down the road, 20 years down the road. I don't know when it's going to happen, but that's how it works in the NHL, unfortunately. But that time is not now. He He's clearly still the guy for the job. And I don't view that as being something that's going to change within the next year or two. So get that extension done. May, just take that off the table. Don't have to worry about that into the offseason. And then you can worry about the stuff that actually matters, which is the personnel that you're going to have on the ice going into the 2022-23 season. Cramming more St. Louis sports talk into your brain. It's the Danny Mac Show with PK on 101 ESPN. All right, we're crossing it over on Christmas Eve Eve. That's BK and uh, Alex has moved into the studio. Tanner, they have the next three hours, and then uh, Jamie Rivers and company will be uh, coming up tonight, and then it's a best-of show tomorrow. Uh, we talked a little bit about it this morning. Um, this will be my final like full-time day at the station. You emotional I'm- about this, Dan? Uh, I don't get emotional. <laughs> I-, I just can't that be honest out. about it. Um, <laughs> But I will say this. I've had a blast doing this 10 o'clock hour, and I thank Tommy Mattern and John Kiowski so much uh, when things were just – our worlds were all turned upside down, especially with sports, and there was an opening here, and we were talking about doing something even pre-COVID, and it just – it worked out. Um, and so I had the chance to come in here <clears throat> and do this. But then uh, – and no, I'm not getting verklempt. Uh Isn't that what they said on SNL? Verklempt? Yeah, something like that, whatever it was. Well, you got to explain that one to me, Dan. I've never heard I'm that I'm verklempt, one. whatever Ryder, it was. Ryder confirms that's what they said. Yeah, Mark thank Ryder you, Ryder. Confirms. But uh, – and Mike Ryder, too, has been awesome. So uh, I'm not leaving the station. But, again, pulling back the curtain here a little bit, we are – Supposed to travel again, at least that's the plan for baseball this year, if if all goes to plan. We'd be at spring training, going to road games, doing all that kind of stuff. And as you know, as technology is, it's very tough at times, depending on where you're at, to hook up, to make it sound good, to make it sound right. So um, anyway, doing a bunch of call-ins. I'll be doing tons of fill-ins. So it's not our last show together. But I wanted to say to you... Uh, it's been great. You you do just a great job. Tanner, you do a phenomenal job, too. And... uh, Alex, I'm getting to you. Thank you, sir. I think your crossovers have been, well, really just sensational Stop, crossovers. Spot on, I thought. Yeah, really good crossovers. But anyway, guys. By the way, that's going away in the new year, too. So. Crossovers? <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Because I've sucked so bad at them. <laughs> I think you're great on those. <laughs> I think you're great. Don't sell yourself short. I've taken a lot of... I've you can get up to of, that microphone if you're going to t- talk. <laughs> yeah, come on. I've taken a lot of ego hits Pro. over these last couple of days, Dan. What happened? You know... BK comes back. And, okay, enough oh, of that. Enough we of that. We're not focusing on on Alex in this segment. He gets really, enough of that from eleven to two. It should be about in the show. 
It, it really, it's Tanner and Company. As you know, the name did change. I've heard something about that. So, anyway, guys, thanks for making it fun. And uh, best of tomorrow. I think we have Kyle McClellan, Jim Cott, and Chris May. Chris May, the AD from SLU. So, a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Dan, because I, I hope everybody in our listening, listening audience can hear this uh, throughout our show that we've done. You have been nothing but good to me, and you have been excellent for the 11 to 2 hour. Our ratings are what they are right now because you are our lead-in. Well, <laughs> so nah. uh, it's, been, it's been awesome, man, to do this with you every day. Um, it's, it's been for somebody that the only thing I've ever wanted to do is this. Uh, a lifelong dream. This has been awesome, man. Thanks so much. You bet. And uh, by the way, we're going to be doing a bunch of shows together. So I'm sitting in there with Tommy. I know I'm bleeding over into your show, but, you know, I, I don't think Tanner cares. Anyway, I know Mike Ryder does, but uh, it's amazing how much vacation time you all get. Oh, oh, really? It's ridiculous. Really? Ridiculous. This show. This is the show that yeah. gets the vacation. You were gone That's for two weeks. That is true. Yeah, Tanner. I don't remember my last day off. I, well, sorry, buddy. Yeah, Tanner. That's welcome on to the you. Real world. Take your vacation days, yeah. man. I don't even they think give I have us any ten. Yet. I'm gonna take ten. Exactly. <laughs> not to jump in on the show because I'm not a part of the show, according to BK. But yeah, uh, from September until June, I don't take vacation. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. true. Really? That's true. Well, really, because I remember a couple of days when I was out that you were out, and I think that was in December. So oh, that I'm does sorry. Fall into that I'm crunch. sorry. Am I supposed to work when my daughter has major surgery? Uh, and you, you were the one that said you weren't out. <laughs> Jerk. What a jerk. Takes two weeks off. He I'll was back what. on Sunday, Dan. This is some... Uh, Monday. I, I didn't want to go... You know, this has gotten... You talk about emotions here, BK. <laughs> Might be the last day of BK and Ferrari. <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> nice work, Tanner. Anyway, boys, lots of fun. But the point Tanner was... Tanner getting it promoted in the pandemic. <laughs> yes. it's, it's all right. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> got promoted in a pandemic, Tanner. But uh, we'll be working a bunch together, so it's going to be fun. Looking right. forward to it, man. Merry Christmas, guys. Have a great Same one. You. And you. thank you to all the listeners. You guys are the best. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.